Hello and welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a podcast from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church with five locations in Utah. Each week we'll be hearing from our lead pastor, Paul Roby, and others as we explore what it means to be fully delighted in God and how we help as many people as possible experience this at SMCC. This is the Fully Delighted Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast. This is a podcast that we hope will spur on conversation that will bring uh, more delight in your life and less despair. And I just want to thank you guys for for joining us today and listening. I am joined here today with our lead pastor, Paul Roby, and also our teaching pastor, Eric Nelson. Guys, thank you for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm excited about... uh you know, doing better than we did last week, try to get it, you know, just tweaking uh, the kind of things that we say and kind of getting more used to this whole format. And this is a new skill set. It's it's something that's uh, brand new to me. And so hopefully I can do a little bit better. Yeah. One of the things that we've said during this uh, season of COVID, which is happening right now, you know, maybe you'll be listening to this at some point in the future when that's uh, different and and maybe gone away. But we've talked about um, here at SMCC, it's like we're adding new tools into the toolbox uh, each week through podcasting, more videos, online services. And we're really enjoying uh, kind of uh, increasing or growing the toolbox that we have, the tools we have to utilize for ministry. So um, I've enjoyed being on a podcast. I was on one other podcast one time for a friend up in the Northwest. So, Paul, this is uh, new for all of us. You know, on that topic, I've just really enjoyed how we've taken the product, you know, that we put out for Sunday morning viewing of our entire service and just continue to tweak little things each time. And we have just taken nice little steps every week, making this a phenomenal uh, broadcast of a of a church service and the special elements, the interviews, the special music, um, all, you know, on 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 site type of uh, speaking, like you and I, Eric, uh, going out to the Eagle Mountain area during Easter. All these elements just are interesting and they're creative, and I think that. It's, it's just a reflection of a desire to just always take one step and just make a little bit better, just mm-hmm. always growing. You know, one thing you said in the service this weekend, this last weekend was, um, this is this is not entertainment. This really is a movement. And um, uh, we talk often about creating great environments. And um, we've really just taken that passion of ours, which we'll talk more about in this podcast, and just created a great online environment. Um, but it's not entertainment, it's a movement. And when you said that, I thought that is a really clear way to talk about what we're experiencing each Sunday uh, at SMCC. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I, personally, I love being a part of a church. And I've expressed this to the staff, you know, I think it, I think there could be a good excuse during this time to kind of sit back and, um, and just kind of, you know, chill out as a church and just say, hey, we're just going to kind of wait this out and then we'll kind of do what we were doing before. But I really have appreciated the attitude of our staff and our leadership and saying, let's continue to press forward. Let's continue to innovate. So personally, I've, I've really enjoyed that. And I just want to, you know, take a moment before we kind of get into more of our podcast today. And um, just for those of you listening, first off, thank you for listening and trusting us with your time. We so appreciate you guys uh, listening in to this podcast. Uh, I would just ask, it would be a huge help to us to be able to continue to uh, get this to more people and have more people be able to hear um, just some of the things that we're talking about. If you would subscribe, uh, if you would leave a review on wherever you listen to this podcast, and if you would share with a friend, if you've got a friend you think that would think this is interesting, that uh, maybe there would be a good introduction to just who SMCC is or, or just church in general, maybe, uh, go ahead and make sure that you share it on social media, send a text to a friend. Uh, that'll help us out a lot. And, and I know that you guys are already 
doing that as you listen, um, because already our first episode, we just launched this last week, um, and this is the first time that SMCC has done a podcast. We already have um, uh, definitely over, well over 150 downloads for just that first episode. And so I, I just already know that people are sharing this, that they're, um, that they're you know, subscribing, all those types of things. And so I just want to thank you and, and just ask that you continue to do that, uh, just so we can get this into as many people's uh, ears as possible uh, to listen to. And one thing that I want to bring up before, again, we get into kind of the meat of today is that um, we are going to try something new. And I think you guys are going to really like it. So we have an opportunity for you guys to uh, call in to the Fully Delighted podcast. And you can bring questions for Pastor Paul to answer what we can do. And we'll just let you know off the top, you know, if you call in, um, there's a good chance that we'll take your, your voicemail and, and play it on the podcast so that we can answer it. People can listen to it and then answer it. Um, we really just think this would be a great meeting. We know there's lots of people with questions and maybe there's not always a good way to, to ask those questions. And so we think this is another avenue to allow people to do that. So if you would like to call in, we'll put the number in the description below as well. But the number will be 801 382 8151. It'll go straight to voicemail. You can leave a voicemail and we love to get people to answer that. And so, um, I mean, Eric, I mean, as you're thinking about this, what do you even think people might want to ask? Like if you're sitting on the other end of this podcast, what do you think people, what's a good question to oh, ask? Oh man. Uh, so many types of questions. Of course, there's uh, there's personal questions for Paul, you know, Paul, you ride a motorcycle. Do you wear a helmet? You know, that type of stuff. <laughs> uh, I won't, I won't ask him that one. Um, but uh, so there's the personal side of, of that. What's been one of the most discouraging seasons of ministry? What's been one of the most exciting, you know, seasons of ministry? What was it like, uh, you know, raising Ben Roby, you know, how'd you teach him to play guitar? You know, all that, he, that's not true, but uh, so there's the personal questions. Then there's also the questions that are more personal for the person calling in. The type of question that maybe you wouldn't really feel comfortable asking face-to-face perhaps, but uh, but a question you'd, you'd like to ask. Maybe a question about um, God's will, a question about a relationship, a question about parenting. I know uh, so much of, of how I parent I've learned from Paul. And so there's those types of personal questions. And then there's the, the theological questions, you know, um, some of the dilemmas uh, facing us during this time, but, but, you know, perceived dilemmas inside of Christianity as well. Uh, if God is sovereign, uh, do I do I have free will? Um, how does God's love connect with with justice? Right? Why couldn't God just forgive? Why did Why did Jesus have to die? And if Jesus had to die, is that as some have said, uh, cosmic child abuse? You know, these are all these types of dilemmas. So those questions would be would be really helpful. Um, so really, any question is fair game. And I hope people call in. I hope the voicemail is just packed. Uh, for next week's podcast. Me too. And again, I'll say this again at the end and I'll put in the description, but the number if you want to write it down now is 801-382-8151. Um, Eric, you know, on the last podcast, uh, you gave kind of a brief little glimpse into, you know, you've been at SMCC now for just about five years now, mm-hmm. five years is next month. Um, and just talking about, and I've heard you express, and I don't think I've even heard the full story about, but just about your experience in ministry now coming to SMCC and how you just grew to love the ministry. I'm, you know, I know that me and Paul would love to hear that. And also I think our listeners would appreciate that as well. Just what you have experienced so far in these, these five years wow. at SMCC. Yeah. Let me see if I can, if I can keep this sort of succinct. So like I mentioned uh, last week, I became a Christian my senior year of high school uh, through reading the new Testament. And because of my personality, uh, I was eager to take my next steps and just get involved wherever I could get involved. And so I uh, showed up at a church uh, in battleground, Washington. It was called Charter Oak community church. And uh, um, the associate pastor there, 
there. His name was Brian. He played golf. I played golf. And so he he just impacted my life. I mean, to use the word of the New Testament, he discipled me. Uh, we would go to breakfast. We would play golf. He would help me develop messages for the youth ministry. And that really um, grew in me a love for ministry and a love for sharing God's truth in a helpful and hopeful way. Although I wouldn't have used the words helpful and hopeful at the time. That was my passion. Um, and it was also my passion to create environments in which people who had bad church experiences or no church experiences would enjoy their church experience. So all of that was swirling around in my world at 18 or 19. Um, and because of the family that I grew up in, I didn't like going to church. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't like this. I, I didn't love church. I, in fact, I, I disliked church and then I found myself in church. So all of that kind of became a filter or a lens uh, in which I saw ministry. So over time, uh, I went to another church very part-time. I remember I made $250 a month uh, as a youth guy. And I, I just remember thinking, man, I've arrived. This is awesome. Ended up going back to Charter Oak Community Church uh, as a full-time youth pastor a couple years later. So that was my my world, youth ministry. I led the music on Sundays. Everybody listening, just be glad I don't do that anymore. Um, uh, but that was my world. Went to Multnomah University, went to seminary, um, which is grad school for people uh, looking to go into ministry full-time. Uh, got a master's of divinity and sat next, which sounds super holy. It is, it's, it does I, sound super I know holy. I, I once had a professor say, uh, we are not mastering divinity, but we're being mastered by divinity. And as cheesy as that sounds, oh, that good. is the, that is what that degree uh, really should be about. So sat next to a guy named Jeremy. Uh, and had a professor named Roger Troutman. And Paul, you referred to this uh, in last week's podcast. You and Roger went to school together. Uh, Roger listens to messages. Maybe he's listening to this. Um, but but Roger connected Jeremy to South Mountain here in Utah. So after we graduate, I'm at Charter Community Church, having a great time there. Um, and Jeremy comes to Utah and then flies me down to speak for summer camp. So I went up to Big Canyon Ranch and was so impressed by the youth ministry of South Mountain. Um, I hadn't really seen a youth ministry like that before. And the reason that I was so impressed is that high school Jesus followers are the minority in Utah. And that produced something inside of this ministry that was really uh, compelling to me. And then as I kind of pulled back from the student ministry, I saw that this was something that was going on throughout the whole church. And Ben Roby, who is our worship leader at Draper, was there, first met Ben, met others who are still a part of South Mountain, Taylor Bell, and was really impressed. So um, had a great time at that camp, flew back home. And uh, I think Paul called a couple days after that and said, hey, heard some great things about you. Would you ever think about moving to Utah at the time uh, there was a position at the South Jordan location. And I said no to that because uh, I'd only been at Charter Oak about two years at the time. I uh, really didn't want to leave. Uh, wanted to accomplish more there. Wanted to um, be faithful in that ministry. But I said, you know, Paul, I'm very interested in South Mountain. Let's talk again uh, in about six months. So every six months or so for a couple years, we would chat. And over, uh, over about a, a three or four year period at Charter Oak, um, my wife and I, we were growing tired of youth ministry. I was running out of steam. I'd, eat, I'd eaten enough pizza. I'd done enough lock-ins. I'd thrown enough dodgeballs that I was ready to consider church planting. Um, my personality is really wired towards, uh, and especially at the time, starting new things, sort of the entrepreneur mindset. Um, but the church that I was at really did not have an avenue for that. Um, and I wasn't ready for that on my own. And so at that time, I got another email from Paul that said, hey, we are going to Utah County. Let me talk to you about that. 
And that was sort of the, the kind of this intersection between a couple things, which was church planting, but doing it with a church and a leader and a, and a boss and a pastor who had done it before, who had the vision in place, had the values in place and could coach me in the process. And so I stumbled into what's called multi-site ministry at that time. I, I, I kind of viewed myself as a church planter, but I also was on a part, I was a part of a team that made this thing fantastic. And and so um, I kind of flew down and said, okay, I want to be a part of this. I kind of interviewed for the weekend. It was a bit of a pseudo interview because I had spoken at South Mountain before. I'd been in Utah before. Um, I was a known quantity, I guess you could say. But I had a great weekend, stayed at Paul's house. Uh, I remember uh, Monday morning, my wife and I woke up and there was a note there from Paul. He had taken off to start ministry early on a Monday morning, like he usually does. And it said, hey, we'd love to have you on the team. And so I remember getting on the airplane, flying back to the Northwest. And I, I looked at my wife, Carissa, who was, oh, probably six months pregnant with Jack at the time. I said, could you envision us in Utah? Could you see us in Utah? Could this be home? And she said, you know what? I feel like it already is. And that was what that, how powerful that weekend was for us. It felt like home. And so when she said that, I knew it was a green light. Um, so we waited a few months, had Jack, and we moved on down. We started uh, SMCC Lehigh. And boy, uh, it was this amazing church planting experience mixed with uh, the effectiveness of multi-site, the gift of multi-site to both staff and to a community um, because very quickly it could grow. Um, very quickly uh, lives were being changed because the vision, the values, the the financial resourcing, the people resources, it was all in place. So I fell in love with multi-site uh, five years ago as we started SMCC Lehigh. And I've spoke spoken to other uh, church planters um, and other groups of, of leaders to tell them the beauty of multi-site in church planting. And so, um, so for me, that was kind of the, that's kind of the roller coaster ride. Um, and then as SMCC Lehigh grew and our organizational needs changed, my role has shifted to, uh, to be a teaching pastor, which is to be at all of our locations and, and to write more. And I've really, really have enjoyed that um, and have handed the baton of SMCC Lehigh to Shane. Um, but that's kind of my story. I, like I said last week, I feel like I was drafted out of one of the last rounds in the NFL draft by Paul. I mean, I was 27 at the time. I was young. I did not know what I was doing. I was naive enough to say yes. And yet God God has been faithful, and because of the amazing leadership around South Mountain, um, this this has really shaped me and changed me. I couldn't see myself uh, doing anything else, and I would not be here without the the leadership of of Paul and the ministry of South Mountain. So that is my my quick story. Well, I think it's important to maybe outline some of the <clears throat> excuse me motivating factors here for us to reach out to you. First of all, it's very obvious the to everyone that you have great communicating gifts and that's very difficult to find. And at the same time, you had a track record of growing groups. You, you, whatever you touch seemed to grow. And as I've looked through resumes from pastors all over the country, and I'm talking about not just hundreds, but perhaps I'm in the thousands of resumes that I've looked at. I don't see that very often. And so, I was so excited to connect with you, Eric, because you had those two gifts, and uh, those are very rare. And uh, you had the character that we were looking for to to uh, entrust a group of people to. You had the leadership ability, so it it, it was a no brainer for us. We are so happy to have you on the staff. You know what? I really appreciate that. And and Paul, um, 
man, I, I just, I wouldn't be here without your leadership in my life. So thank you so much for that. And as, as I think about really three things that have come together uh, that have caused me to fall in love with SMCC, big picture, it's not just the vision, the values, but, but three things, uh, attractional church. The attractional church often gets beat up as shallow or you know, too seeker sensitive. That is not true. I want to, I would be happy to blow up that assumption with anybody who thinks that, that that's true in some cases, but it's not always true. So I'm, I'm a fan of attractional church, which is for people to show up, take their next step at their own pace and enjoy their experience. I love that. I feel like I'm gifted wired for that. Uh, I love church planting too. I love going to new places, um, starting things in new areas. And so um, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And multi-site is, I think, the best way to church plant. It's not the only way, but but for me, it, it's a fantastic uh, strategy. And then and then Utah. Um, you know the 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 nature, the culture of Utah has been a thrill um, to communicate helpful and hopeful truth. So those three things come together: attractional church planting through multi-site, the state of Utah, and and for me, this has been just a, a wonderful fit. Yeah, that's that's really cool to hear, and I hope that our listeners get to enjoy just knowing. Um, some of the backstory of how some of us got here. Um, we got to hear a lot from Paul last week, a little bit from you this week, and I think that's a really cool thing. And, um, you know, if people are familiar with SMCC, um, or maybe they've just watched a few messages online, uh, hopefully uh, they've heard us talk about being fully devoted and fully delighted. That's a huge thing for us. We even abbreviate it FDFD. It's kind of like our cool slang that we, that we use for it. Um, and, and really, you know, again, this podcast is a conversation to spur on more delight and less despair people's lives. And so I think the, the way that we kind of funnel down and get to that, starting to look at some of the tools in the toolbox that SMCC has used that that have been here for 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 decades now, and um, and again, you know, if you reference back to last week, you know, talking about how back in 1998, this was just a place where churches did not grow. That you know, they would die off after a few years. There wasn't much success, um, and it's hard to to get a church to really be up and going here. And so. You know, I think from my perspective, one of the things I see with SMCC and the way that we've been able to reach a lot of people with the hope and the truth of the gospel is by having a laser focus in, in what we do and being able to really be uh, pinpoint in what we're trying to, you know, uh, go after and, and be as a church, right? You know, we're not kind of just all over the place. We're a very intentional church. And part of that comes from some of the documents that we have as a church, not documents as in like, uh, like, like scriptural documents, right? I'm not referencing that. I'm just talking about some things that help us operate as a church and function properly. And so one of those documents is the SMCC way, Paul. Can you just give us, before we even get into it, just a brief, you know, in your experience, how churches usually function, you know, why did you decide I need some kind of a document in SMCC way that allows us to have some some guide rails for who we are as a church? Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, one of the most uh, foundational thoughts to SMCC is who's who is church for? And when we moved to Utah, we had a very strong commitment that we wanted to be the kind of church that people were well-fed, but that non-Christian people, people have yet to cross the line of faith, could come and understand everything that was said. They would feel comfortable enough to belong before they believed, and they would be honored as they... Uh, were in process. In other words, they weren't asked to make a, a, a big life-changing decision right away. No pressure, no coercion, nothing like that. And so it goes back to the idea that churches for everyone, we actually expected that non-Christians would be in the room. 
And and this is an assumption that almost no churches seem to make right now. They're very much exclusively speaking to Christian people in the in the seats. Uh, they they assume people read their Bibles, understand their Bible. They have a long history in the Bible, or uh, they assume that a person would be ready to make a life changing decision in in less than thirty minutes. And and that just to me was crazy, and and I didn't want to be that kind of church. So quickly we developed this idea that we wanted people who came to church for the very first time. We're talking about some sort of you know. Bible or evangelical church, something that corresponded with uh, Protestant evangelical Christianity, that person would say, you know what, I didn't think I would enjoy it, but I really did. And that's surprising to me. And so we want church to be enjoyable, not torture. It shouldn't be boring, right? Uh, it, It needed to be understandable. So we got rid of all insider language. We wanted to make sure people understood the gospel in plain English, and everything we referenced would be explained. So when we talk about an Old Testament figure, when we talk about, uh, we, we do a lot of defining of terms, like uh, this last Sunday, we def- define the word disciple. Uh, we define the word zeal. We define all kinds of words because words have meaning. And if, if this is the first time you've ever heard that word, we want to make sure that you can follow along. And then finally, we wanted people to, to see um, their experience of SMCC as doable. It, it, it's so different than maybe what they've come from. They've never committed to anything like this before, but they can see that there's people at SMCC that are just like them, that uh, might have tattoos, they might... Uh, uh, wear inappropriate clothing or, you know, whatever <laughs> it might be, as much as maybe that's part of the package is that we have maybe people walk in our doors that uh, haven't got the memo yet about what church people are supposed to look like and, and act like. And, and, and actually, that's really helpful to have all those people in the, in the church family because it opens the door to so many people that haven't crossed the line of faith. They they just feel comfortable. These are my people. I can do this. And so, man, those are the kind of foundational assumptions that we made as we started SMCC. Paul, uh, just speaking to that for a moment, I remember uh, one of my good friends, uh, he was a part of a you know parent-child dedication, which is something we do. And so his parents came to visit the church. And uh, on the way out, he asked his parents, hey, what did you think of the experience? And they come from a, a, a real religious uh, background. Uh, and the parents said this, well, I feel like I'm halfway to hell right now. And I remember when they said that, it shocked me. And he said to his parents, what do you mean by that? And they said, the tattoos, the coffee, the ripped up jeans. I mean, come on, this cannot be, this cannot be church. We're like halfway to hell right now. And I just, it, it's just stopped me that phrase, but... But the reality is, is that this is an environment and this is a place where you will see people like you if you aren't a church person. And and um, and I just think that little phrase, halfway to hell right now, is kind of connected with what, what you were saying. Um, what, Paul, what do you think about all that? Well, let's face it. Uh, we want this to be a great experience for people that are already Christians. Mm-hmm. And th- th- there's no doubt about that. We, we need people that are seasoned believers. We need disciplers. We need people to model the Christian life to, to new believers. 
And so one of the things that has been asked to me perhaps over a hundred times and all the different uh, pastor desserts that we've done, all these uh, connect now events, that sort of thing is what is this, what does SMCC for have for me? I'm a seasoned believer. I understand doctrine. I read my Bible every day. What does SMCC have for me? And it's interesting because I, I, I know that there is a whole lot behind that question in terms of, I'm a mature Christian, and they're me- measuring maturity, by the way, by how much they know. Right. And that's right. not how we measure maturity, by the way. We measure maturity by how well we love. But at the same time, I loved that. I loved the question because I love being able to say to them that we will do something that very few churches will do for you. We'll actually provide safe and healthy and interesting environments so that your invitation to your coworker to come to church will first of all be done in confidence that you will not be embarrassed, that your your friend, your coworker will not go, what did you invite me to? This is so weird. You know, we've worked so hard at eliminating the eliminating the cringe factor that you're going to invite that person with confidence. And we are the type of church that will actually speak to that person on a Sunday morning. We kind of let them listen in, so to speak, without uh, pointing them out or, or confronting them or anything like that, so that now you can participate in the Great Commission in other ways than just sending money to missionaries. You can actually be an involved part of the Great Commission where you're seeing people uh, taught, uh, receive Christ, baptized, and continue to grow in their faith. Isn't that an exciting opportunity? And I don't think that there's a lot of that opportunity in America today. You know, it's so interesting hearing you two talk about this. Because one thing that we're describing uh, for sure is that SMCC honors the process in which God changes people from the inside out. And that, you know, that's part of what guides us is seeing those, you know, all kinds of people um, at our churches and, and, and seeing that at our locations is so interesting. And then on the flip side, just hearing what you said, Paul, it's so great, I think, to get that out there and to, to help people understand that more. Your explanation of what does SMCC have for the quote-unquote seasoned Christian. I think it's a great explanation. And also, it helps up people to understand also the fact that if people were to look at SMCC, they'd be like, are you a, are you a missional church? It seems like, you know, you do a lot of stuff in Utah. You know, are you a missions-minded church? And I can say from the three years I've been here, 100% SMCC is one of the most missional-minded churches I've ever been a part of. I mean, how do you see that, Paul, working in SMCC? I know we're kind of going off a little bit, but I mean, that's a great thing to explain to people. Yeah, I, I go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. The Apostle Paul is explaining that uh, to the Corinthian church that they're blowing it in so many different ways. They're emphasizing certain gifts above others that kind of draws attention to the person and doesn't edify the church. And he's also saying to them, like, if you act like this, and for instance, he says in 1 Corinthians 14, if you are speaking in tongues and, and doing this sort of thing, and there's a guest in your midst, somebody who is not a believer, that person is going to be super confused. It's it's not helpful. Uh, they'll they'll benefit so much more if they if they just simply received the preaching of God's word in a clear and effective way. In other words, stop it. Well, hidden in that is the assumption that that there will be guests non-Christian guests in your services. That's the Apostle Paul's assumption. And so 
Um, obviously, um, well, maybe not obviously to many of you, but those of us who understand different theological institutions like my seminary uh, basically assume that you just simply feed the sheep and then uh, people become better Christians. And as they develop a passion for the lost, they go out and then they win people to Christ. And then once a person is already a Christian, then they're brought to church. That's right. They didn't. Excuse me. Um, They did not understand that church could be used as the vehicle for evangelistic outreach. Mm -hmm. That normal Sunday morning service could be the most effective place to connect with people that are yet to believe. Yeah. And James in the book of Acts says we should not make it difficult for people who are turning to God. So the New Testament is wired this way, that we should honor the guest. We should serve the guest. Maturity is about love. And so that is that is just in the New Testament. And so we just want to be a church that, that reflects that. Now, uh, we often say this at South Mountain, that the, the longer you've been following Jesus, the less we can do for you, but the more we can do with you. And, wow. and I think that um, the gift uh, that we give to somebody who's been following Jesus a long time is, is what you just said, Paul, uh, the Great Commission. We can help you and we can together fulfill the Great Commission. And, I, and there's no gift better than that. I mean, if you want the gift of the smartest, brightest preachers, I'll send you the podcast. It's not me. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you the podcast. But the gift that we can give you is when your 24-year-old son or daughter comes back from college, they've thought about atheism because they had that professor in philosophy class and now they don't know if they want to go to church with mom and dad and they finally agree to go with you they might enjoy their experience because the people on stage talking leading every they've thought about that person what could be a better gift than the person that you love coming to know the god that you love because there was a church designed for them I mean, that is a better gift in my mind. I'm thinking of my own kids at some point, if that happens, than, than a 45-minute sermon that dives into Greek. I, I can get you that tomorrow. There's a gift bigger than that. And um, I think uh, when when I saw all those dots come together, and, and really, Paul, I, I saw that you connected those dots for me, uh, I became more excited and more appreciative and more proud of what SMCC is accomplishing. And there's a lot of people listening to this who, you know, I'm describing their their story. When their neighbor came, their coworker, their friend who didn't want to know God, they came to SMCC. They had a great experience. That gift, in in my mind, is a, is a gift that allows them to fulfill the Great Commission. And and I'm not sure there's a bigger gift than than that. Yeah, you know. You would think this would be a no-brainer, you know, from where we sit, because we've already thought it through. But I understand that the best way to grow a church rapidly, just see just an explosion, an explosion of growth, is to grab Christians, people that are already in. They're just floating out there. They're they're not attached to a particular church. And now you're the hottest church in town. You're you you put on a great service and it's very attractive to people that are already convinced. That's the fastest way to grow a church. And so I understand that what we're trying to do is is a little bit slower in in the way it's effective. We fortunately have seen nice growth, but typically that's not the case. And I think it's owed to the fact that we're in Utah and and people appreciate what we do. 
if you're in California, if you're in Georgia, if you're in Texas, and you know some of these uh, very very uh, evangelical hotspots, you know these places that have just numerous ten thousand member churches. I mean ten thousand, ten thousand all over the place. In fact, uh, Joe McGavin, uh, who's um, been a great uh, employee at SMCC and now just a faithful uh, volunteer. He came from a, a place in in Chicago or near Chicago where there was a mega church literally on all four corners of an intersection in his town. I mean, that those kind of places, you grow by adding Christians, or you at least grow rapidly doing that. And so if you want to have a book contract, if you want to be a speaker at conferences, if you want to be invited, yeah, you probably need this hot church that's just growing like crazy. And so, unfortunately, uh, that's not going to happen in Utah. Now, when we talk about being a church uh, that's um, uh, aware of the guest at all times, uh, when we talk about having messages that are helpful and hopeful over deep and academic um uh, we get pushback we've over the years we've we get a lot of pushback we've talked about a little bit of that what do you have for me um but paul what do you say to that person who says uh, i just need some deep preaching uh, that's one of my mm-hmm. i mean i've heard that phrase so many times What's i've heard your, that too i've said it i've said it myself yeah <laughs> that time. yeah adam's the deepest preacher out you know on stuff yeah, I no, doubt that. okay yeah i i don't want to be trite but let's face it the command to love others when Jesus said this, John 15, I want you to love others as I have loved you. If that's not the most challenging statement that requires depth of character, and I, I don't know what is. And so our emphasis is on what does love require of us. Our emphasis is on loving God and others well that will never be exhausted. And that's why that's the deepest thing we could possibly do. All I know is I came from a Bible church type of background. My seminary is famous for putting out scholars. Uh, We were trained to exegete scripture, preach uh, expository sermons. Uh, I can do all that. That's, That's what comes easy to me. But at the same time, I didn't like what that produced. It didn't produce Christians with a passion for lost people. Mm. And unfortunately, um, we live in a a world with a lot of lost people. And so we need to do better than that. I I love hearing you say that. If you want to do what love requires, uh, you will quickly find yourself in over your head, or to put it another way, in deep water, trying to love people who are challenging to love. So when someone comes to me and says, I, I want deep Christianity or I want deep sermons, I will just say, tell me who you're loving right now. Uh, and oh, I, I bet I bet we can find a way for you to love them deeper or love more people deeply. And you will be in deep water in over your head, carrying the burdens, as the New Testament says, of others. And so 
that's what, the, so deep preaching is a bit of an oxymoron. What is deep is deep Jesus following. Okay. That, that is uh, very challenging. So at our, you know, at SMCC, our messages fall into three categories uh, at all times. And really these three categories are what form full devotion for us. You know, we talk about full devotion and full delight. What is devotion? Well, we think devotion circles around three things, identity, activity, authority, identity, activity, authority. So every sermon is going to be on one of those three things or all three of those at the same time. Well, knowing how what Jesus has done for me affects my identity, I will never get to the bottom of that. It always goes deeper. Okay. So that'll be deep preaching. Uh, My authority, I will never get to the bottom of making Jesus my authority in more areas of my life because my default is to make myself my authority. So there's, that'll be deep. And then the activity, what does love require? Well, as we've already said, that's deep. So every sermon at SMCC in my mind is incredibly deep. And if it's clear, you might not think it's deep. You might think confusing is deep, but I don't think that's what what deep is. Andy Stanley said, you want deep, go ahead and take a foster child into your house. See if you're not over your head really quickly. Amen, and and in our context, take somebody who's left polygamy through holding out help, something like that, and see if you're not over your head quickly. That's deep. Mm. That is absolutely, that's absolutely. Because it requires you to love well. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think listeners could take away that I think is just so you know important, and, and I think there's you know a lot of different people that are listening, but one thing I heard you say, Eric, that I think is so helpful, and I've heard it more more recently at SMCC. So if you're, again, quote unquote, seasoned Christian, a deep Christian, you know, as you, as you, as you kind of are on that trajectory, there's less that we can do for you and more we can do with you as a church. And I just wanted to say that again, because I think that's so helpful for people to hear. And, you know, for the rest of our time on this podcast today, I just want us to dip our toes in to the SMCC way, because all these things that we are talking about, such great things that we are talking about are all coming from this, really these, these ideas that have been written down. And when I look at this document, it's a 16 page document um, that I've got my hands right now. And I look at the very first thing on it, Paul, the very first thing that I see is theological vision. So there's kind of an outline of this. Now, some people that listen, they might hear theological vision. And again, as we're a church that wants to have things be uh, easy to understand and clear, there could be a lot of ways to interpret those two words, theological vision. Can you help just unpack what that is and what it isn't just for, for our listeners? Yeah, it, it's it's a big word, but it's relatively simple because I know that people typically move into a town and they'll visit four or five different churches before they choose one. And what they discover is they go on, well, first of all, they go on the website of all these churches and each church has a relatively very similar doctrinal statement. Here's what we believe. But when they actually attend those four or five different churches, their experience is wildly diverse. And, and so that's the theological vision. It goes beyond what is on paper in terms of this is our, our, our beliefs, because each church has decided to make something a big deal. You know, this is it, a lot of times it fits the personality of the pastor. Uh, this is something they become convinced of. Sometimes it's something that they've just kind of fallen into as their default mode, and and a lot of it has to do with their assumptions of what church is supposed to be about, what churches are for, what churches how how we're supposed to experience church. None of that is covered by a theological. St- statement typically or a statement of faith 
And so that's the difference. When we talk about our theological vision, it goes beyond our statement of faith, our, our beliefs, to how we approach lost people, how we approach our relationship to God, how we try to incorporate people into a fellowship, uh, what the goal is, what are, our, what are our wins, how do we measure wins, uh, how do we know that we're succeeding, all that sort of stuff is our theological vision. Yeah, the things we celebrate, the type of experience, it's, it's really a, a culture in a setting. So Paul, when we use the word vision, God didn't download this vision into your brain of SMCC. An angel didn't pop up and say, here's what you shall do, Paul Roby. Um, vision is a preferred future. It's where we see ourselves. Yeah. It's the type of uh, church we, we see ourselves um, becoming. So I think that's important. I've been asked that question, theological vision. So you had a, you had a vision from God? No, 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 no. This is much more like vision uh, of, a, of a company or, or, or a business or something like that um, in, in uh, the type of uh, culture we, we intend to create. Yeah, and I think that that's really good for us to just define for those that are listening. So when we use the word vision, I know I even used it on the last episode as well. We're not speaking necessarily in the sense of, right, God downloading something onto Paul's you know, brain or somebody appeared to him and said, this is what you need to do is just the direction that we're headed. Right. The, you, you described it really well. Um, and so I wanted to take a moment to read SMCC's theological vision. I think this is really helpful for people to be able to hear and just to, to, to understand more about. So in, in, there, in the SMCC way, it says SMCC's theological vision is this. We've chosen to be a particular kind of multi-site church. We are best described first and foremost as a gospel church. This term is meant to create an awareness that we exist as a light in a culture that has been decidedly religious, but is rapidly conforming to the predominant culture in the U.S. as irreligious. What do you guys think about when you hear that? Or Paul, what do you, what do you think? I mean, there's so much packed into that. Yeah, in fact, the 16-page document that you're talking about goes on to explain all that. So we're not going to do that in a few minutes. But let's just start with the first sentence about we're a particular type of multi-site church. What we've decided is that we want to plant an orchard instead of planting a tree. Now, single-site church, nothing wrong with that. And by the way, part of our theological vision is that we look at other churches that do church differently than us as legitimate there, we honor that 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 they've chosen a particular to be a particular type of church that will reach a particular type of person. That's awesome. We we have nothing bad to say about that. We've just chosen to be maybe a different or our particular, particular. type of culture that we that we prefer and we think will be most effective in reaching our goals. You know to celebrate that win, and so. We're a particular type of multi-site church. There's a whole lot of different type of multi-site churches out there. A lot of people plant in an orchard, and it's being done all kinds of different ways. And we've actually recently kind of, kind of pivoted our model. What we started with is to have campus pastors who preach and the most important thing about each one of these campuses is that they uh, were in harmony with this document called the SMCC Way. In, a, in other words, this drove our connectedness. This is what connected us. We are all committed to being this particular church with this kind of mission, these values, and then lived out in, in the ways that are described. And so... That's how we started. What we found was that 
it's hard to harmonize on all aspects of what it means to be SMCC when there was uh, not unity in uh, the preaching. In other words, there was um, all kinds of different voices from from the pulpit. And so we've tried to reduce that and actually understanding that some people are gifted to teach and some people are gifted to shepherd and try to take advantage of the different giftedness that God has made available to us. We have decided now to try to kind of just walk into that world of multi-site where particular people preach and then the others shepherd and, and people are better cared for and they're also better taught in that kind of system. Man, as I hear you say that, I think about a couple of things. I've often heard it said this way, pastors uh, are often, there's, there's kind of three types either, and, and then these three things get prioritized in a person's leadership, but a pastor could be a, a leader, a teacher, or a shepherd. And a lot of churches expect their pastor to be excellent at all three, which can be a, a little a little challenging. I've experienced that in my own life, the challenge of all that. And what we're trying to do is say, some people are wired for one of those things. Let's put them in that role and, and watch them thrive. And um, I think that's been, been helpful, life-giving to many of our leaders. Now, as you talk about being a particular kind of church, I think of fast food because I love fast food. Um, maybe those of you out there love fast food too. Me during, too. During quarantine, I see the lines backed up. Chick-fil-A's lines, it was double cars and it just went forever. Chick-fil-A is not serving burgers. If you go to Chick-fil-A and ask for a burger and say, I think this would really help, they're going to say, that's not the particular kind of restaurant we are. If you go to In-N-Out and ask for chicken, they will say, that is not the particular type of establishment that we are. And I think in the world of church, people expect a church to be all things to all people. Now, I know the Apostle Paul says that when it means love people and serve people, but when it comes to church, um, we can't be a church for everyone. If you are, if you try to exist for everyone, you won't be uh, intentional to anyone. Okay. And mm-hmm. so at SMCC, it was very freeing for me to hear from you, Paul. Hey, this church isn't for everybody, you know, and this is why Tim everybody Keller, won't find us attractive. Exactly. Right. And Tim Keller talks about having an ecosystem where you need particular types of churches in particular communities to reach as many people as possible. And so we've chosen to be a particular kind of church. And that is actually very freeing so that we can focus on um, being that type of church. And so, um, Paul, what would you say to that? Yeah, I, I just want to make sure that we understand the difference between orchard and tree in and sense that one of our campuses could be launching and getting off the ground, but they have the support of the other campuses and until they get healthy and then we can do another one and 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 so just like in an orchard different trees produce uh different amounts of fruit at different amount of time at at different times in their life cycle and then maybe a tree will be dying out and losing its fruitfulness well uh there it gives us the opportunity to always produce fruit no matter which campus is at one particular point or another in their life cycle and and so I believe in this. I, I am committed to a multi-site model because of the continuous fruitfulness of the church. It's funny that you talk about that, Paul. I, I was going to ask, actually ask you to go a little bit deeper with the orchard um, you know, metaphor. And it's funny, I actually grew up with a friend who uh, their family owned an orchard. And it's interesting when you know a family, you kind of get to learn some of the ins and outs of that. And part of owning an orchard is planting and waiting years and years 
and years for anything to come from the, all that work. The entire summer you were working on some of these um, trees that you were planting. And you're depending on the other trees that are bearing lots of fruit at that time to 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 help you, you know, make basically for them make their living so that they could live. They, that was their, their trade, was uh, owning an orchard. And so I think that that's a really helpful analogy of how we approach it is we're just saying, hey, there's we're going to be planting an orchard and some, some are just tons of fruit. Some are just, you know, in, in, in infancy and we're okay with that as a church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one other thing, and I know we're probably coming up to the end of our time here um, for this episode, and we'll talk about this a lot more going forward, but you read a word in that theological statement that is very, very important to us, but very misunderstood by many, uh, both people who would consider themselves Christians and those who do not. And that is the word gospel. I think when someone hears the word gospel, and I just kind of want to tease this out for, for, for next week uh, and future episodes, but uh, I think a lot of people think the word gospel is an umbrella term for all things Jesus-y or Jesus-ish, okay? We just kind of use that word gospel as shorthand for all kind of spiritual things connected to Jesus. We use that word with precision. Uh, it's a technical term for us. It's not an umbrella term, but it's a technical term. Um, Paul, why don't you just kind of kind of get us down that road a little bit about why you've put that word gospel into this theological statement. Yeah, because we want to declare the gospel over and against the idea of religion and over and against irreligion. And so what we do is compare and contrast all the time, gospel and religion. And it gives us an opportunity to uh, magnify the, the, the concept of grace, the fact that we don't earn anything from God. And that separates us from just about any other world religion. Uh, it, it separates us for, from gospelish and types of Christianity that is very destructive to people because they, they're convinced that they can earn something from God. And so gospel is very important to us. Yeah, it, it literally means good news. And the reason it's good news is it's the solution to some bad news. And so historical Christianity has had both at the same time. Bad right. news that's been overcome by by good news. And that's, uh, man, a simple way to think about this technical term. We can talk gospel. about this next week. I yeah. look forward to that. Yeah. And that's the thing is I think that this, this just, as we're landing the plane here, I think that teased out what we'll cover next week as we move on to the next section of the SMCC way, you know, a gospel church and outlining all those pieces of it. And so I hope that people are encouraged and they're, they're now, you know, waiting and wanting to hear more about that, um, that next section of this, this document that helps us be the church that we are, the unique church that we are. And uh, so I'm just really excited for, for what's going to be coming in the future. And so I want to remind you guys, as we wrap this up, as we close this episode out, um, just again, thank you so much for listening. Um, I know if you're somebody like me, I've got at least 20 podcasts that I subscribe to and I'm picking and choosing which I'm listening to in my feed. So again, thank you for trusting us with your time. Um, Again, I want to remind everybody we'll put the number in the description as well but a reminder even if you do it right now as we're wrapping up go ahead and you know switch apps and go to your phone app call the number 801-382-8151 we'd love to get your questions in and have pastor paul help answer those um, and again please please do us a favor if you're enjoying this to uh to go ahead and review our podcast subscribe to it if you're not already share it with a friend and uh, just a reminder if you want to know more about smcc or at least see some of our messages um what's going on what we're doing in the you know in community and, and all these types of things make sure to visit smccutah.org that's a great place to just kind of see uh, who we are as the church on the surface and explore some things and so just wanted to remind everybody about that but again thank you guys for listening uh hope that you enjoyed your time today and we will see you again next week.
Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe, give us a rating, or share with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit our website at smccutah.org. Thanks again for trusting us with your time, and we hope to have you back again soon.